Hey, this is Leo with another episode of After Hour Projects, and do I have an episode for you. This episode is with Leo Chan. Leo is the founder of Levitate Style, a men's style and travel blog based in New York City. As an Asian immigrant, Leo studied accounting and worked at Morgan Stanley and Barclays Bank. Leo started Levitate Style in 2014 with his girlfriend, Alicia Mara, as a creative side hustle. They eventually quit their full-time jobs for a trip of a lifetime world cruise. Since then, Leo has worked with companies like American Express and Audi and has been featured in GQ, Men's Health, and Forbes. This is the journey from immigrant to influencer, finance to fashion. We talk about how Leo implemented the immigrant mentality in his professional work and his business, doubling down on Levitate style while working full-time in finance, and his advice for pursuing that project on the side. As always, show notes and more can be found on AfterHourProjects.com. And if you haven't done so already, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on Spotify. It really helps me a lot. Without further ado, here is Leo. Leo, it's really excited to have you on After Hour Projects. And this first question is really just going back to the start. So back to your influences, how you got interested in fashion itself. Uh, so would like to hear more about that. What were some of those influences? And were, was there any relation to when you were growing up in New York City, uh, given that there were all those different boroughs and different parts? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Let's see. Influences with fashion. I think that's why it's funny to look back and just realize like it's not like an overnight thing. It really was building to this point. So a quick background. I am an immigrant. I moved from Hong Kong to New York City with my family when I was 10 years old. And I think early on as an immigrant, you know, it's just like, I guess, typical Asian immigrant. I kind of struggle fitting in, you know, obviously didn't really speak the language. But then I kind of noticed you know, in school, kids growing up, like we are all about first impression. You know, you, you see how someone's dressed, how they um, act and what they like. And that's kind of how you fit into circles. So I think early on, I was like, okay, like to be with the cool kids, I got I to gotta mm-hmm. dress like the cool kids. And then over time, as I got into basketball, into high school, I was really into the NBA, their style, the street style, and then sneakers. So when I was in high school, that was like my main thing. And I really loved that because part of that was basketball, but also like that was how I was fitting in. And it was just really cool to see that kind of impact. And then going into college, I study accounting, but I still wanted to learn about fashion. I just think like that is such a big way to improve your self-esteem, your confidence, how you present yourself to people. So I just noticed like what, that impact was with fashion. And I just like, wow, like this is really cool. And I think like, as I got into more fashion, reading GQ magazine and like seeing all the cool people and their outfits, like, all right, like I, I could see myself wearing that. Like I, I can see the impact of that, but that was kind of like the early on the influences with fashion. And then as I, as I kept working in finance, I've always been like the best dressed guy in the office, you know, just want to present myself. And that whole cliche thing, like dress for the job you want, that was definitely like something that I kept doing. And so like, 
I think it really goes back to like fitting in and how I wanted the world to see me and how I wanted to represent myself. That makes a lot of sense. And I think you walked us through quite a bunch of parts there. One part was function. So with the basketball and then also with just the way you present yourself. So mm-hmm. that's a really great way of how you put that out there. So this actually really ties into that second part about when you started getting recognized for that. So when you were saying uh, that mm-hmm. people noticed you as someone who was that like really well-dressed person, when did that start? Or do you remember if at all? I, I think early on in college, I started going for internships and then started to be part of like this business organization. So, you know, for me, it's always been like self-improvement and, you know, that that's when I noticed like, okay, as a, as an Asian immigrant, you know, I felt like I had like a chip on my shoulder. How can mm-hmm. I really be at the same level playing field as others? Right. And so if I dress my best self, if I present myself at my best, I have a chance to compete. Right. And so I think like early on, it's just like, I, I just try to be the best at everything I can. And so fashion yeah. was also part of it. And just like, even as a college student, just like looking up, like how to wear a suit, like early on, I think early on, people always saw that, like, I, I cared about that. And so like, that's the confidence and that's what's important. And then, you know, just, just at work, like people are just like, wow, look at that outfit. Or like, oh, this is like the best dressed guy. Um, or there were times where for work, people thought I was the manager when I wasn't, you know, just because mm-hmm. I was dressed more like I was a manager or a, a different management level. Right. And yep. so like, but that's the kind of, that's the kind of standard I have for myself. So I think like college and into work, people start to notice. Yeah, that makes sense. And it, I'm, I'm, it's definitely not uh, like purposely doing that for the effect. It's one sense like for yourself, what you wear, also impacts how you feel. And then that can affect what you project to other people, your performance. But then that other effect is how people perceive you. And I think that definitely relates with being Asian. How do you like draw positive attention to yourself? And then that sort of fashion is one way. So then it's, you've realized that you've heard these compliments from people, you you know that people are noticing when did you first realize that you could do something with fashion? So let's see. So that, that's that, that's more of like a passion and interest with fashion. But as my like side hustle at the time, I've always done photography. So photography mm-hmm. was like a big hobby of mine in high school. But I think like growing up, like photography was like a joke where it's an expensive hobby like very rarely people can make photography into a full-time business it it was just a really tough industry and also with the immigrant asian background you know it's hard to go into a creative field I, i just think like our parents generation obviously a lot of us are in finance and medical and law and so creative field was just like there's no way like you can't make money and all of that Um, but I've kept it up. Like I, that's always been my interest. That's my hobby. And just from like living life, like we were traveling and taking photos everywhere. And funny enough, it was actually my girlfriend, Alicia, 
she was on Instagram first. This was like Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, like seven years ago. And for me, I was like, oh, I already have Facebook. <laughs> like, it's already a lot to manage one social media, post all my photos there. But she was following a lot of the girl bloggers and she noticed that like, oh, you know, kind of looks like what we do because sometimes I put on a cool outfit. I'm like, hey, can you take a quick photo for me? And so that was kind of like the initial spark of interest. And then I noticed that there was really only a handful of guys. Like I could only count like 10 to 15 guys in America that was a menswear blogger. And I was just like, okay, okay, well, that's interesting because, well, one, the market is very small. And so if I was to enter into blogging, I would be one of the few guys, which is great. Second, I would be one of the few Asian guys at that. And so I was okay, like that, I, I really can hit a niche somewhere and still stand out. And then... There's just, there's a lot of reason why I started Levitate Style, but uh, also, you know, just like I was getting bored at work, I was getting bored with accounting and finance, and I wanted that creative side hustle. I wanted to explore market, uh, I wanted to explore marketing, social media, but I didn't want to go back to school for yeah. it. I just feel like it was something that you can Google and YouTube and learn. And then it was also, you know, obviously I love fashion. And so like, all those reasons with that, on top of the fact that it would be a huge Asian Asian representation because you don't really see people like us in GQ. You don't really see us on Pinterest. And so like all those reasons, it's like, okay, like let's start this side hustle. Let's learn. Let's see how this will go. And this was five, five and a half years ago now. So it's pretty mm-hmm. crazy. That all ties together. I think it's, especially you mentioned about photography, since you've had that interest um, and also your passion with fashion. So you were able to combine that uh, when also spotting that opportunity with Instagram, because I know like being someone who's an early adopter, that's something that really helps. lets you have that experience on that platform, build that expertise as you keep going and then just go for it. So all really ties together there. I'm sure like right now with some of the emerging platforms, it's probably similar. Like you mentioned TikTok as well, just being able to like learn those platforms and like get out there to like build that brand. Yeah. TikTok has gone really crazy the past six months, a year. And I, I think as content creators, as social media influencers, you have to at least give other platforms a try because you never know, you know, when, for example, like in the past, like when Twitter died down, when Facebook died down and then Instagram took over, you know, just vice versa, like all these platforms are constantly changing. And at the end of the day, it's all about audience. It's all about where people are paying attention to. And yeah, I mean, TikTok's grown a lot. It's kind of crazy to see other people out of nowhere, you know, they have like 300,000 on TikTok now. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting how viral, how crazy the growth is. There's still time to tell how money and monetizing and pay partnership could really work and could really translate. Mm-hmm. So that, but that is, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it ties back to just all those other parts, not just with the content creation, but the business side. Since mm-hmm. I think like, as you mentioned, it's um, like these things are things that you don't necessarily have to go back to school for with creating a website, 
being able to work with these deals with sponsors and all those other parts. So it's really about learning by doing. Yeah, it's, it's and that's the best way to learn. It's pretty crazy because honestly, when we were starting the blogs like Google, how to start a blog, <laughs> Google mm-hmm. what is Blogger, what is WordPress, uh, how to do SEO. Literally, we Googled everything and anything, and you learn. And also, as you network within your industry, you can ask people what has worked for them. You know, ask for insider tips. And I mean, it's just like, there's so much knowledge out there, but it is scary to take that first step to really start from scratch, start from a blank page. But I think this is why it's important to have representation because it shows that, you know, if so-and-so have done it, like I could do it. It's not rocket science, right? Like when you see other YouTubers and other bloggers, you're like, oh, wow, like he did it, she did it, like, you know, and they come from a similar background of finance or whatever. It's like, oh, it's very possible for someone else to pick up those pieces. And I think like as the community gets bigger, I think like it's important for people to help each other out just because, you know, that's that that's how we can elevate each other. Very true. And this ties into how you got your start. Since you were working in finance, and doing this as something that was originally on the site before going in full time. Mm-hmm. So tell me more about that experience of working on Levitate Style uh, on the side of your full time job. Yeah, man, it was it was just straight on like a real side hustle. Um, essentially, our weekends were gone, and 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 that's the truth that we had to learn over time. I think like early on was like, all right, I'm gonna juggle building this on the side, but also obviously weekends is the only free time we had to hang out with friends. But it's just like, as like my personality is I focus on this. I'm motivated. I am efficient. And then I noticed that on the weekends when we're hanging out with friends, I don't have content. Like I don't have time to shoot. So then I was like, well, I need content. I need to be consistent. I need, you know, quality content so I can keep posting so I can build. But I can't do that if I'm hanging out and doing all these things. So it just came to a time where I'm like, okay, like I, I think we need to focus on this. And so our weekends were basically working out of a cafe, sitting at the cafe for four hours, building the website, and then shooting content wherever. And then as we started to network in the city, our Tuesdays, Wednesday, and Thursday nights, in your city, there's always events, and there's yeah. there are mm-hmm. all they're all different kinds of events from fashion to our store event, like all these different kinds of events where it's basically only invited to influencers and writers, the media, yeah. and so like early on, I literally just Google like PR company list, and I just asked to be on the mailing list, and then at the same time building the blog, so I had the credential to show that I have a blog, I can some show my work and Mm -hmm. so like early on was just really like networking on the weeknights right after work i'll change my outfit go to all these events and literally try to network try to meet like a few people each event and then so one event you meet one blogger and then another event you meet like the marketing person for this brand another event you meet so and so and then after after a few months you kind of met a good amount of people you know and then just building relationships with them. And then, so that was like early on with networking and then also hustling 
on the weekend shooting content. So that was, you know, for like a year doing that and then starting to go to events at GQ. And mm-hmm. I remember, I always remember GQ because obviously that's a huge break. I met this lady, Pam. She was the GQ influencer marketing lady. And I remember meeting her and she was just like, oh, like she was just fascinated because, you know, who's this guy? Because like the fashion industry, like, you know, the, the circle is not, it's pretty small. It's not that big. Like everyone kind of knows everyone. And after a while, like, like I said, there was only a handful of bloggers. So like everyone knew everyone. And so like, who is this Asian guy? Uh, and they're like, oh, your background's in finance. You came from work. What? Like everyone else in fi- fashion, everyone else in fashion came from fashion. They went to mm-hmm. FIT, they study fashion, they like live and breathe fashion. But here yeah. I am, kind of a normal guy that just honestly love fashion as a consumer, as a customer first, essentially. And yeah, I'm at the GQ events. You just like, oh, like I, I love your story, immigrant, finance, side hustle, all of this. And so building those relationships, I think like within that first year, I got featured in the GQ magazine, uh, which was a huge thing. Even looking back, I can't believe I, that happened. I'm in like a three-page spread, did a whole photo shoot with GQ. And I just remember like that moment. It's like, wow, in the year, this is what Levitate Style has given me an opportunity, like something that I never even dreamed of. And mm-hmm. above all else, like, like this is one more Asian guy in the GQ magazine than before. And I just thought like, man, this is the big picture. Like this is the goal. And it's just like, it was just really cool to look back and see that happen. And yeah, from, from there, it kind of just snowballed. Like then, you know, being exposed in GQ, but also like doing all these different brand deals, just meeting more and more people. Yeah. This goes to show that it's not something that just comes out of blue. What described with, spending that time on the weekends, creating the content, and then that other part about what it took after work to build those relationships. Because it was something that was consistent of keeping on going out there, putting yourself out there, for then those opportunities to come to you. So that really puts things into perspective there. Oh yeah, for sure. I think when I first started, I obviously I had the dream that, oh, I'm gonna be an overnight success. I'm gonna hit a million. It's like, nope. That's not how the world works. Nobody came literally overnight. Like you actually have to build. And just thinking back, it's like, you also need these experience. You have to know how to network. You have to build your portfolio so that when bigger opportunity comes, you actually mentally and physically prepare for it. You know, if someone told me, Mm -hmm. hey, you're going to do this photo shoot, you're going to do this video and they're going to interview you, do this. Like, if you told me that, like, when I first started, I'm not prepared for that. Like, I don't know. Like, I'll be stage fright. I don't know Mm -hmm. which camera to look at. You know, all of those things. But now, as you build your portfolio, you're ready for bigger opportunities and bigger stages. And you also want to strive for bigger things. And you want to grow at that rate as well. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And you get those processes in place as well. So the experience, but also you're in that cycle. So you know what to expect when you're going to do that work. And then that sets off the effects from there. So the opportunities that come with it. Yeah. And I think like, I get a lot of DMs. A lot of people ask me like, how, how can I do this? How can I do that? How can I be an influencer? And 
I think it's easy to look at what I've done or what other people have done and think that's cool and great. But at the end of the day, like you have to be passionate in fashion, in travel, in, I don't know, tech, cars, whatever that you like, or if you're an artist or musician, like you have to be passionate about it because success comes from out of nowhere and anywhere. So like you have to actually enjoy the journey, enjoy what you do. Like this whole time, like, yes, it sounds like, oh man, you have to, you have like, you know, for people listening, it could be like, wow, you have to build for a year to get to this. But like, I enjoy every single moment, every event of it. Like it was just mm-hmm. so fun and fascinating to network and to build and to be invited to these events and to work with brands. Cause I worked in finance. I was still working in finance. Like that was the fun part outside yep. of work for me. And so like, but I want people to know, like, you know, that's why you have to be passionate or else it's so easy to burn out. Yeah. And with that, like in that journey, there's those granted, there's those parts where it, it is difficult. It's about just pushing through, but then there's also those moments that come from it where Maybe like someone sends you something like showing appreciation or just something out of nowhere comes, but it's, that's what it takes to have those moments. So now this, this is more about looking at inflection points. So mm. you've, there was that period when you've grown Levitate Style. So after GQ, after everything kept picking up and you were still working your job in finance. So I want to hear more about that decision process in moving into Levitate Style full-time. So what were some thoughts around that? Um, Were you, let's say, maybe looking into going into uh, the fashion industry itself, maybe like switching to full-time job there versus like starting something yourself, maybe working with others? Just walk me through that. Yeah, sure. So obviously I was still working at the time. I remember like it was yesterday. It's It's kind of crazy. So... At the time, I was getting some sponsored work per month, and it wasn't that much. It wasn't honestly like enough to quit, but I just thought, okay, like I'm getting a few sponsored projects per month, and you know, this is a thousand here, and then maybe like a two thousand a month. And I was just like, okay, this is on a side hustle. Like, what if I went to this full time and I can do more projects and get more paid things? Like, could I maybe scrap enough together to make say 40,000 a year? And I was just like, maybe it's possible. I don't know. But I was just honestly thinking like I was making six figures at Barclays bank. And I was just like, I don't know. I, I think I'll be happier making 40,000 um, and just quit, quit this job and be able to have this creative freedom and to be my own boss and just do this like a hundred percent. And this was, in the fall. And I think and it was just kind of crazy. Like God's timing is amazing. And I always tell people this because my quitting story is very different from most people just because of the opportunity. So basically there was a, a casting call for travel content creators to travel the world for five months. And yeah. me, I'm just like, well, you know, Michael Jordan, you, you miss a hundred percent of the shot if you don't take it. Right. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to apply. Let's see what happens. And next thing you know, I'm one of the top finalists. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay. Um, and then I did like three, four rounds of interviews. I was submitting my work from content that we shot around the world. And next thing you know, we 
we got it and it was just crazy so we got this once in a lifetime opportunity to travel around the world for five months with a liquor brand it was plymouth gin and so they put us up on a world cruise and in five months we visited 50 cities across 27 countries and when that came up i was just like this is too good to pass i don't think i'll ever be able to have this opportunity again so we both quit our full-time jobs we literally last day 2015 that was our last day at work and then 2016 we 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 just traveled the world and that was that was the transition to quit the job and i remember like explaining to my parents just like this is what I'm doing. This is, you know, huge step. This is, I mean, it's just incredible experience to be able to travel the world. And I, and I also told them, Hey, if anything, if I come back, like if things are not looking good, I can always get another finance job. Like there's always job opportunities with that. But this is, I, I don't think this will ever come up again. And so they're like, they trust me enough. Like just how I push myself throughout the years with all my work that I know what's best for myself. And so they're like, you know, they no hesitation. They're just, yeah, do, do your thing. Enjoy it. So yeah, that's how I quit my job. That was that final push. And then also, yeah, it's important that you mentioned that you, you, you had that credentials built up from your time spent in finance. So whatever happens, you're able to go back. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I've always showed them like, you know, they didn't technically push me into accounting. They didn't push me into finance either. I kind of knew better as the first of my family to go to college. You know, and I just knew like college, the point of college to me was to study something so I can get a job to make money. Mm-hmm. And so I pushed myself to study accounting and to keep climbing the ladder. So I worked at Morgan Stanley. Then I worked at Barclays Bank and just keep climbing and making more money. So I think like over the years, like, they kind of just knew that I'm very self-motivated. I'm the one that kind of pushed myself to keep going. So they kind of trust. And then also like throughout the years, like I showed them like my work from Levitate style. I showed them GQ and they're like, okay. And so they're like, all right, I guess. <laughs> so that kind of really shows that like, I know what's best for myself. And I think that's why Asian parents are worried sometimes because you know, they're, they're worried. Like they, they, they want what's best for their kid. And so I've proven that like, I also want, I also want what's best for myself. And so yeah. they, they don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah. It's all those factors that you put into consideration. And so we've gone full circle here, going from that start about how you got into fashion to getting started on social media about applying what you had with the photography into this. And now about building up Levitate style to you going in full time. So as something to leave the audience with, as a closing note, what would be some uh, takeaways or any last points, advice you want to give? Well, I, I think one, social media is just really open doors for a lot of people. I think if you really look at a lot of industries from everything from fashion, beauty, lifestyle, travel, like all of these brands have benefited from Instagram, from social media. So I think like you have to reflect and see like how can social media be to my advantage? How can I show my work? How can I grow? Is there a market for what I like to do? And two, really just like try things. You know, if 
if you're young, like it does not hurt to try things. I mean, even if you're old, like there's you you have so much time outside of work. You you really do. Like we all have time. So yeah. yes, I get it. You're tired from work, but at the end of the day, if you have a passion, if you have an interest in something, try it. And just try a lot of different things because you then you'll find what you really love, what you're really passionate about, and then work at it and just figure out ways to turn that into a side hustle, turn that into a career change. I just think like now more than ever, we have so much resources, so many things we can, you know, learn and build from just thanks to the internet. Yeah, I, I guess those are the main things I always tell people. And then when it really comes down to content creation, I think people should really focus on quality over quantity. And then once you master it, you can do quantity of quality. So once you get good at it. So yeah, that's, those are the main points. <laughs> Great way to wrap that up. It's focus on quality over quantity. But then once you get good, it's the quantity of quality. Yeah. And, but, you know, and, but that's the whole point. Once you get good at taking photos or shooting videos, as you master your skill, it should be easier for you. You know, like, you know, before when I do photo shoots, it could take 30 minutes, an hour, because I'm looking for the angle, the lighting, the location. And I'm just like, I would just take a bunch. We'll figure it out. But now it's like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, done, done, done. And like, as you get good at that, then I moved on to videos and I started learning about videos the past two years. Because then I was working on YouTube. So it's like, how do I start? A, how to shoot a video? So then it's just like, all right, now I know how to shoot a video, how to record it, how to edit voice, like all the different equipment done. Like now you can do that in a snap. And then it's like the next thing. What's the next thing? And then as you build, then you have more portfolio. You can be more creative and do more things. Yeah, that is exactly it. Well, Leo, great to have you on. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of After Hour Projects. For show notes and more, visit www.afterhourprojects.com slash podcast. You can find all episodes there as well as on Spotify, Apple Music, or your preferred podcast service. Make sure to give the podcast a like, subscribe, and I'll see you on the next episode.